Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty. In today's show, I'm talking about New Year resolutions and offering six tips to making resolutions you can keep. I also have some fun ideas for some herb-themed resolutions. I'm going to highlight an herb that is great for the new year, and that is linden flower. And in the kitchen, I'm going to talk about how to best prepare it and what the differences are between an infusion, a tea, and a decoction. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I've learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Reach out and tell me what you want to know or ask me a question about herbs and or health. You can send me an email to healthyherbpodcast at gmail. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. So it's January in 2021, and it's always a good time to set new goals or resolutions or maybe visions for the new year. And I have six ways that can make resolutions easier to keep. Let's face it, sometimes it's really easy to say what we want for the new year or to say what goals we want, but then it's also really easy to not fulfill those goals. So number one, be specific. For a resolution to be easy to keep, it needs to be as detailed and specific as possible. Complex goals with vague details will be harder to reach. When we clearly define what we want to do, we can easily carry through with our goals. For example, instead of saying, I wanna do more yoga in 2021, say, I'll do one hour of yoga every Wednesday from three to 4 p.m. starting the first week of January. So when we do this, we really set a clear path or road that we can follow. We can put it in our calendar, we can make a plan, and we know how we're going to accomplish this goal. Number two, make it something you care about. Your resolution or goal for 2021 must be something that you really want to do because it's important to you, not because you think you're supposed to do it or because it will make someone else happy. Let's face it. If you don't want to actually do your resolution or you don't really want to achieve the end goal, then it will be super easy to put it off. An example of this is if your resolution is to make and drink a nourishing herbal infusion every day, you really need to care about what that infusion is offering you. So it's going to offer you optimum nutrition, lots of minerals and vitamins, and that needs to be important for you because you know that it will enhance your well-being and overall health. 
you also need to be interested in working with herbs. Because if you really don't care about herbs or you don't think that they're going to work, you don't think they have any value, then there's no way that you're going to follow through with this resolution. But if you really like have a passion for herbs and want to learn more and really incorporate them into your life, then this resolution will be a lot easier. Um, number three, have an accountability buddy or group. It's always easier to keep up with a new habit or task or goal when you have a friend that can hold you accountable. So if you, you know, if you've said, okay, I'm doing yoga every Wednesday and your friend calls you on Thursday and it's like, oh, so how was yoga on Wednesday? And you're like, oh man, I just didn't do it. You kind of feel worse telling your friend that than you do telling yourself that sometimes. So it's nice to have an accountability buddy. It's also nice if you have a group of people who are working toward the similar goal. So if you had a group of friends that all wanted to do when do yoga on Wednesday, maybe you'd all do it together or you know you'd follow the same online class and then chat about it afterward in a group text or message or something also another um, example of this is if you say I want to walk three times a week and you've set a plan you know when you want to walk and where you want to walk it's really nice if you have a friend that is also planning to meet you at that place at that time because then it's really hard to back out. Um, number four, it should feel good. So resolutions can be challenging at times, especially if you know it's a new habit that you're trying to put into motion and it's gonna be a lot easier to keep that habit up if you're getting immediate rewards. Anytime we change or add a habit to our life, um, you know, if it's not giving us something quickly in return, it's just we're kind of like, oh, well, why am I doing this? Sometimes habits have long-term benefits, but it's nice if they also might have a short-term benefit that goes along with the long-term benefit. So for example, if you're making a resolution to declutter your house, maybe you've decided I'm going to do a different area whether it's large or small, of my home every day in January. The immediate reward is as soon as you're done decluttering, even if it's your junk drawer or this one corner of your house that you tend to throw things into, you can feel great as soon as it's decluttered. And every time that you look at that space, you're like, oh man, that's so great. I feel so great about that. I can't wait to do the next spot tomorrow. So it'll just, it'll keep you motivated and keep you doing it all month long. Number five, lay out a detailed plan. And this kind of connects with the number one, be specific. So the more specific you are with your plan to accomplish your resolution, the more success you'll have in reaching your goal. So again, like in example number one, if your goal is to do yoga every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m., it's important to have a plan as to how you're actually going to do the yoga. For example, um, are you going to be attending a class online? Are you going to be doing your own routine? Are you going to be listening to an audio recording of a teacher? If we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, I'd say maybe you'd actually be attending a live class. 
But if you are doing your own routine, if you write it down and so you know what your routine is in detail or make a quick recording for yourself or a video of the first time you do it, then you can follow it. So it's, again, it's, you have a plan, it's set in motion, and now you also have all the steps laid out for you as to how you're going to achieve that plan. And finally, number six is if you're eliminating something, then it's nice to have something to replace that with. Or if you are starting a new habit, if you're adding something new into your daily routine, it's, it's nice to create the space to do that with. So if you're resolving to stop doing something, like I decided that I didn't want to drink alcohol for the month of January, then it's nice to replace it with a different drink, a health, more healthful drink, but might be similar. So if you you can replace your evening beer or cocktail with an evening bubbly water that has elderberry syrup in it, or a bubbly water that has a little bit of bitters, digestive bitters in it. It's a new drink that still offers you an evening treat, and it could even resemble the other beverage that you're eliminating. So beer has that like nice bubbly, effervescent quality to it. And sometimes I just crave that bubbliness. And so to replace that bubbly beer or bubbly cocktail with a bubbly water can really be satiating and really fill the void. Um, And then, you know, if your resolution is, okay, well, I'm going to start drinking daily nourishing herbal infusions. So you're incorporating something into your daily habit. It's nice to create the space that allows you the time, even if it's just takes five minutes to make the infusion. Or so you say, okay, well, or you tie it to something that you do on a daily basis anyway. So if you, you know, make your daily coffee in the morning, then at that same time that you're making your coffee, you can also make your daily herbal infusion. Or, you know, you brush your teeth every night before you go to bed. And so while you brush your teeth, you can put your pot on to boil of water And then when you're done brushing your teeth, you can quickly make the infusion before you go to bed, and then it will be ready for you in the morning. So either tie it with a habit that you're already doing daily, create the space, and if you're eliminating something, then replace it with something better. So those are my top six. And just as a review, top six ways to make resolutions you can keep. One, be specific. Two, make it something you care about. Three, have an accountability buddy or group. Four, it should feel good. Five, lay out a detailed plan. And six, replace something that you are eliminating or make space for something that you are adding. Now I'd like to share with you some suggestions of some resolutions or goals that would be herbal that you might be interested in. Number one is, well, I've already kind of alluded to it, but um, to drink and make, make and drink a nourishing herbal infusion daily. And again, we'll talk about how to make that when we talk about linden. Number two could be um, 
really connecting with an herbal ally. So choose a plant that you want to learn more about, that you already have in your life that you want to connect more with or that you have an affinity with and you don't know why. So if your plant is maybe linden, say, you could find a linden tree in your neighborhood or in your yard or plant a linden tree this spring. You could do some research on scientific studies about linden. You could, you know, figure out all the different ways that you can incorporate linden into your life, whether it's with a, as a face mask or a infusion or a tea um, or infused honey. You could even buy honey that was made from bees that were getting their nectar from linden trees, things along that line. So really connect with one herb a year or maybe one herb a month. Another fun goal for 2021 that's herbal would be to start an herb garden or expand an herb garden or expand a garden that you already have and make an herbal plot in that garden. Even if you live in a city, um, you could do, you know, plan a container garden and you could set out, you know, what herbs that you want to use. You could learn about them that you want to grow that would work in containers and make a plan from seed uh, to harvest as to, you know, what maybe top three or five herbs that you really want to focus on growing and connecting with and playing with in this year. And number four would be to connect with a herb teacher or an herbalist in your area or to take an herb course. So if there is an herbalist that you, you know, have found on social media or that does podcasts that you really vibe with and you want to know more, you can connect with them or, you know, find a course that really intrigues you and make the commitment, make the investment and, you know, learn about herbs. Can't go wrong there. I think any goal for 2021 that involves any kind of herb is a good goal. All right, so I want to highlight an herb in this segment that I want to call uh, Herbal Ally. So this week I'm talking about linden. And I think linden is a great herb for the new year. So I really like linden because I find it very calming and soothing and supportive to the nervous system. Right now in 2021 and coming out of 2020, it's a very tumultuous time. There's a lot happening in the health of the world, the health of the United States, in politics. And if you follow the news, surely you have some sort of stress. And Lyndon is a great support for easing stress and um, just calming. It's a very mothering herb. It's almost like, you know, sitting in your mother's lap or getting a nice hug. I, some teachers I've heard talk about it as a hug in a mug. Um, just very soothing. So other benefits Linden has, it's actually really beneficial for the immune system. And in France, I know, and probably other parts of 
Europe, um, it's considered the best like cold and flu tea that you drink as soon as you feel a cold or flu of some sort of virus infection coming on. You drink some linden tea. It's very soothing to the throat. Um, it has some nice mucilaginous constituents to it that soothe and coat inflamed mucous membranes. So if you have a sore throat or irritable bowel, um, any sort of stomach ulcer, it's just really helps to restore the mucus lining of our organs that are lined with these mucous membranes. So that's anything from our sinuses, basically any part of our body that comes in contact with the outside world is a mucous membrane and it is protected by this lovely mucosal lining. So um, our sinuses, our respiratory system, our digestive system, and our reproductive systems, and our urinary tract system um, all can benefit from this mucilage. It's a tea, I mean, it's a tree. <laughs> It's a tree, it's a beautiful tree, and it grows across North America. Um, it can be, and in Europe, and I'm sure other places, there's all different species that can be used interchangeably. It's uh, wonderful for the pollinators. The bees love the tree. When it's in bloom, it smells amazing. And it also provides really nice shade. And let's see, my <clears throat> favorite way to get linden, while well, I love to harvest it, has a very narrow window of harvest time. So it's usually, at least I'm in Maine, and so that tends to be um, in the beginning of July. And may, the flowers might bloom for a week or two, but if it rains while they're in full bloom, it will kind of shorten the season and so if you happen to be around a linden tree and you can reach the flowers that's the other hard part sometimes they have really nice low branches or you can find a smaller younger tree but sometimes the, they're just out of reach the flowers and you can harvest the flowers and some of the leaves and they dry really easily just in a brown paper bag or in a basket but you can also just buy the linden um, flowers and you can buy them in bulk. I like to buy the Frontier Co-op brand um, uh, because they offer whole linden flowers, but you can also get cut and sifted linden flowers. The cut and sifted linden flowers tend to have a whole lot more release of the mucilage, which can be good, but it also can make a pretty thick, dense tea. So some people might have an aversion to that. But again, if you have a sore throat, it's going to be the best thing for you. And it's tasty as a hot tea with a little honey. It's tasty as an iced tea, cold. You can make a just a regular tea or you can actually make a stronger infusion with it. I, um, I prefer to make the nourishing herbal infusion with the linden. And so the best way to do that is we're going to head on into the kitchen and talk about how to make a nourishing herbal infusion with linden. So 
when I make a nourishing herbal infusion, I most often am using a very nutritive, highly mineral rich herb like nettle or comfrey or oat straw. And linden, it doesn't, the flowers, you know, it doesn't necessarily have a huge amount of minerals in it. But one thing that it does have is it has a lot of really wonderful anti-inflammatory properties to it. And so usually when we're making nourishing herbal infusions, we're weighing out one ounce of a dry herb, not fresh herb, but dried herb and putting it in a quart jar. And then we're filling that quart jar with boiling water, giving it a little stir, put a tight lid on the top. We use a canning jar or a ball jar so that the jar can handle having boiling water put into it. Put a tight lid on it and then we let it sit on the counter for four to eight to ten hours until it's at room temperature and then I put it in the fridge until I'm ready to strain it but or I strain it immediately and then put it in the fridge and start drinking it. The linden you can actually get away with just using a half ounce because it is super light and fluffy so a half ounce of herb is actually still quite a lot. And again, we're not going for the minerals, we're going more for that mucilage and the anti-inflammatory properties. And if we're gonna use a whole ounce of the cut and sifted linden, then it's just going to be really slimy. And we don't need it to be that slimy, that's fine. And it will last a little bit longer if you use a half ounce at a time versus a full ounce. Another thing to consider when we're making a linden infusion is that mucilage, extracts best in room temperature or even cold water. So it's great that we're doing the boiling water um, at first, but we definitely want to have it so it's infusing in that water for a while while it's at room temperature or even while it's in the fridge. So this is one infusion that I will make. I'll let it come to room temperature and then before straining it, I will put it in the fridge for at least an hour or two just to get that extra mucilage out. And then I strain the infusion. I like to use a like a ceramic coffee filter um, and a flour sack towel that I've cut into a square as the straining cloth. And I set that in the ceramic filter and put that on top of an empty quart jar. And then I pour the infusion through the towel and through the ceramic filter which is essentially working as a funnel um, and then I squeeze the herb through the towel uh, once I've poured it all through and the herbs all in that flour sack cloth I will squeeze that to get all the moisture out and you'll really feel like that nice soft soothing mucilage on your hands when you do that and then it's ready to go and if you can drink a quart of that um once or twice a week, you're in really good shape. Now I wanna talk a little bit about what the difference is between an infusion, a nourishing infusion, that is, a tea and a decoction and a cold infusion. So these are all water-based preparations. Again, the word infusion, herbalists will use it differently. Um, pretty much throughout. Different herbalists will use infusion to mean different things. 
But the way I was trained and the way that I like to use the word is that a nourishing herbal infusion is a large amount of plant material infused in water for a long amount of time. So it's a one ounce by dry weight, usually, except in the case of linden, (laughs) by weight of plant material infused in a quart of boiling water for four to 10 hours. A tea, and so with the nourishing infusions, we wanna use really nourishing plants, very mineral rich plants. A tea um, is a small amount of water steeped in a small amount of boiling water for a short amount of time. And so usually it's a teaspoon to a tablespoon, depending on the herb and how um, small it's cut per cup of boiling water. And then it's usually only steeped for about 20 minutes. Usually the goal for the tea is that we're really just trying to access the more medicinal constituents versus the minerals. The minerals take a lot longer to extract into water. That's why the infusion sits for a lot longer time to infuse. But a tea, what we're looking for are the volatile oils, the scent, that those lovely flavors from our mint and our chamomile and our ginger and and uh, those different herbs. And those volatile oils are very medicinal. But if you were to make an infusion strength, with say mint or chamomile it would be so strong and you would have concentrated those volatile oils so much to the point where they might be challenging for our liver and kidneys to eliminate them on a regular basis if we're ingesting a lot so a tea is all you need for these scented plants but if you're really going for like nettle and oat straw and plants that have a lot of minerals and that's what you're trying to get out of them then you really need the long infusion And then there's a decoction. And a decoction kind of has two different definitions. Basically, no matter what, you're simmering plant material for a decoction. And it's usually plant material that is tougher. So it's not going to be delicate leaves or flowers. It's going to be roots and seeds and dried berries. And it could just mean simmering for 20 to 40 minutes until you make a nice um, strong beverage to drink but it could also mean sometimes when people say decoct something it means very specifically that you're boiling the water down so that it's half as much water as what you started with so you're concentrating you're not only simmering and extracting but then you're also concentrating that liquid Um, And then there's a cold infusion, which we did talk a little bit about with the linden and the mucilage. So when we do cold infusions, if it's with a fresh herb and you're just doing like a sun tea and you want to get some of those volatile oils, that's one thing. It's going to be super mild. Um, But you could also do a cold infusion with herbs that are high in mucilage, like the linden or marshmallow leaf or marshmallow root or violet leaf. Um, so that you're really just extracting the mucilage. Although I personally like to do a hot infusion with these mucilage-rich herbs and then let it steep until it's cold and then gets the cold infusion because then you get a little bit more out of it both with the hot and the cold infusion all at once. So that's a rundown of 
what a nourishing infusion is, what a tea is, what a decoction is, and what a cold infusion is. I hope that brings some clarification to all of the different types of, you know, water preparation, herbal preparations that are out there. And if you want to learn more about linden and nourishing herbal infusions, you can check out my online course, which is called Nourish Yourself. And it has, I do multiple sessions throughout the year, and but it's always kind of lifetime access. It's online. And the next session starts in the middle of February. I'd love for you to join me. And that's all I have for you today. I can't wait to connect with you next week as well with the Healthy Herb Podcast. Until then, be well and have fun with herbs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.